pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would add to our fellowship those that are being saved, Lord God. I yes, pray, Lord. Father, that we would grow in our love and our knowledge of you, Lord God, our love for one another, Lord, that we would grow relationally, Father, um, that when you bring others, we would be ready to receive them, Lord God, that we would um, be eager to receive other um, those that you bring, Lord God. And I just pray for our time together. I pray, Lord, that we would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. I pray that you would strengthen God and encourage him, Lord God. I thank you that he is a man after your own heart. I pray, Lord God, that um, you would just encourage him and refresh him throughout this time, Lord. I pray that he um, would feel physically refreshed, Lord God, and Father God, um, we just pray, Lord God, that um, you would continue to lead him, Lord. I thank you for how you have equipped him, Father God, and so I just pray that um, we would all walk away with applicable truths, Lord God, and that we would grow in our faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let's worship our God. Something isn't adding up This wild exchange you offer us I gave my worst, you gave your blood Seems hard to
him you created Light of the world Abandoned in darkness to die And as you speak A hundred billion things disappear We lost your life so I can find it
Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you, Lord Jesus, are not man that you should lie. Thank God that you are faithful. Father, that you are good and that your love endures forever. Thank you, Father, that you've begun this work in us and, Father, you are faithful to complete it. You are the author and the finisher of the faith in which you've begun in us, Lord. Thank you, Father, it's your loving kindness that draws us to repentance, that in and of ourselves, God, we wouldn't seek you. But God, that you were so pleased to reveal yourself to us through your son, Jesus, that we might be reconciled back to you, to have peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I thank you, Father. I thank you that we can hold on to your promises. That the hope that we have in Christ will never disappoint us. I thank you, Father, that you've called us to fix our eyes upon Jesus. So I pray that we do that this morning. I pray, God, that we would put aside anything that's trying to distract us, Father, Anything that's tried to to rob our peace this week or even this morning and that we come with a sincere heart. And that God, our hearts will be of good soil to receive. So may may we be attentive to your word. Holy Spirit, have full access to our hearts. Shape, mold us. Direct us, guide us, Lord, as you're calling us out to go into this world, Father, to be your image bearers, to encourage others the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the risen Savior. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. All right, so you were bought with a price. Your life is not your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20 is kind of our scripture for the year that I want to encourage you in. And not just hear the word, but how are you applying this truth to your life? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God, who? God, bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So think about this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? If you're truly a believer, if you've been born again, 
your eyes have been open. You've been set free. You've been purchased by God through the blood of Christ. And then God himself via the Holy Spirit now lives within you, resides within you. Your new life is a spirit-filled life. Not the other spirits that are running amok in this world. Not in service to the other little gods who are setting up their dominions on this earth. But to the true God. The only God. The one that sent forth his son, Jesus, to redeem his creation. These other little gods, these other spirits running amok, they didn't create you. Their intent is to destroy you. They know the state of your rebellion that you were born into. And it fuels them to destroy your life. Remember Jesus said it's the enemy that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come to give you life. And life in abundance. And so if you're spiritually awake... And the true sense of being spiritually awake, because now if you're in Christ, you have the mind of Christ. And you're growing. You have the Holy Spirit, God himself, in you. You're now his temple. You can now begin to see things you've never seen before. Like you just look at this and you just go... This message of hope, this message of peace, this message of love, this message of God, the, the ultimate creator, who, who knows our state of rebellion, that we are at war with him and the nature in which we come out from our mother's womb, he loves us. And in that love, he provided a means through himself, his son, Jesus, that we might be born again, that that nature would be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And the way that nature had to be dealt with is blood had to be shed. Mm-hmm. Blood had to be shed. And not just some, some blood, not just an animal's blood or another person's blood, One without sin. God's Son in flesh. Purchased us to be the people of God, to be redeemed. And so your life is no longer your own. And yet the Bible tells us that, and we've read it a few weeks ago in Galatians, that the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. But that does not give a child of God the right to continue to be enslaved to the flesh. Again, it doesn't mean that you're never going to sin. But what it does mean is sin is no longer your master. And when you sin, you don't feel comfortable. Like, oh no, that's not right any longer to me. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't give me what it used to give me. 
ah, I feel dirty. And it's an interesting you feel dirty. Before you didn't feel dirty. See, before Christ, you didn't feel dirty. Heck, you flaunted it. You didn't care. But now all of a sudden, you're claiming Christ, and all of a sudden you feel dirty. And it's that conviction of the Holy Spirit that reminds you, hey, you were bought with a price. You don't belong to yourself any longer. It's not because he's a bad God. It's not because he's trying to keep you from what you enjoy. He just knows it's killing you. That's why he hates sin. That's why he hates sin, because he knows how destructive it is. It's killing his creation. And so we don't flirt with sin. No. And sin is no longer to be our master. No, we are now slaves to righteousness for his name's sake. And it's, it's a total abandonment. It's, it's a complete surrender. And it's not a forced surrender. He's not forcing us. You choose this day whom you want to serve. Life or death. You choose. You see, your life is no longer your own. And that's a good thing. When your eyes have truly been opened. And now you're just growing in it. So I wanted to, as I was journaling and kind of just praying through this concept, I wanted to share this with you. Our Lord's blood has purchasing power, not only to obtain us, but to also to cleanse us, wash us, sanctify us, and make us righteous and holy. If we are counted among the ones bought with a price, we're not only freed from the power of sin and death, but also from shame, guilt, and condemnation, the effects of sin that has held us captive causing us to strive to obtain through religious works what can only come from being bought with a price. His precious blood. We are free in Christ, made whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. You see, what Christ came to accomplish is not just to say, here, poof, you know, sin and death are defeated, which is great in and of itself. It's the hope of salvation that is found in Christ. But you know the second part of what that purchasing power, that cleansing blood does to your life? It cleanses you. It washes you. You're no longer stained with the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of who you used to be. See, when shame, guilt, and condemnation are still at work in your life, you'll become religious. Because then you'll keep trying to work to be okay with God. If I just pray a little harder, if I just do this, if I, if I just do that, if I just this, and I just let God will. And all of a sudden you're trapped in the law. You're trapped in the works. You're trapped in all of this, trying to obtain his favor. And all along you're cursed for doing that. Because somehow, someway you're saying Christ wasn't enough. But church, we got to wake up. Christ is enough. Not only has he set us free from the power and the enslavement of sin and death, but he has freed us from the effects of it. 
shame, guilt, and condemnation. And I can't stress that enough. Like I'm telling you, when you truly recognize the freedom that you found in Christ, the wholeness that you found in Christ, like that peace, nothing missing, nothing broken because of Christ, you'll stop settling for what's being presented to you to destroy you, to captivate you, to lead you astray from that understanding. No, you'll start protecting what's been entrusted to you. No, I'm no longer going to go that way. And it's not because I think I'm better than anyone else. No, because I belong to Christ. I see the way this world is going. Mm -hmm. I see the way this is happening. I see that. I see this. I see this coming at me. I see this trying to entice me. Because remember, the Bible says where does sin come from? It comes from the desires that are from within. So you can't blame your mama. You can't blame the, the world. You can't blame the devil. You can't blame this. You can't blame that. You can't blame that. It's you. That's why the good news is, is he says, I make a way out of every temptation. Every temptation. I mean, this is the good news. <laughs> Like he says, here, I'm offering you wholeness. Like, I don't even remember what you did before. I mean, can you believe that? He says, as far as the east is from the west, I don't remember. Like, I don't know if that's hit you all yet or not. Let people say what they want to you about your past. Not to say how you used to live, what you used to do, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Because you've been washed clean. And let me tell you where freedom comes from is when you really understand that and what the power that you can walk in and the confidence that you don't, not in and of yourself, but in what Christ has accomplished in you. You'll walk with your head up. Why do you think everyone who's encountered with Jesus, their position changed? They're no longer broken, busted, and disgusted. No, they're upright. (laughs) And they're engaging. And they're telling others, my life is not the same. Like, come meet this man. Who is the Son of God who's changed my life? Like there's nothing more valuable. And this is the beauty of Christ, you all. This is the beauty of Christ. This is what he came to accomplish to set you free. Again, we talked about it last year, Isaiah. You know, his vision. Oh, Oh, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I mean, the man of God, the prophet of God, he has this vision and he recognizes his sinfulness. He recognizes, oh God, I am not clean before you. And even in that vision, God made provision for Isaiah to be cleansed that when God would call out who would go, Isaiah stood up and said, here I am, Lord, send me. In our state of coming to Christ, 
of truly becoming a child of God, of being born again. Again, I keep reminding you, you have to get to a place where you see yourself in rebellion towards him. You're a sinner. Unclean. Before a holy God. Who with all rights and power, could destroy you. Could swallow you up in his wrath and he would have every right to do so. There's no error in him. But instead of laying his wrath upon us, because he understood our condition. It didn't take it by surprise. I keep telling you all that. It didn't take it by surprise when Adam and Eve sinned. You see, the cross before the earth was formed, the cross was purpose. Love was going to be displayed. Christ would lay his life down. None of it took him by surprise. He knows what's going on. And yet in that knowledge... He sent forth his son, wrapped in flesh, and laid the wrath that we deserved upon him. And then that the righteousness of Christ then was laid upon you. That you may stand, not because you did all everything right, you did all the religious works. You got bound to religion. No. All because of what Christ accomplished. Remember, works come from being saved. Works don't come before salvation. Works comes after. And they're just works that just begin. Because you just start living differently. You start putting into practice truth. You keep abiding in truth, and truth isn't a concept, it's a person, Jesus. And so the more that you draw closer to him, the more that you depend upon him. Remember what scripture says, you are to walk habitually in the spirit so you don't gratify the desires of your flesh. Remember scripture tells us he's given us everything we need to live a godly life. So we are out without excuse. And that's why the church must wake up in this hour. Make sure her lamp is filled. Christ is returning. And is he going to find you faithful? Because he's given us all that we need to understand the times in which we're living. And the times that are coming upon the earth. But those who endure to the end will be saved. Are you enduring? And the way to endure is to remember your life is no longer your own. You've been purchased. You've been purchased by the blood of Christ, you all, who not only delivered you and saved you, but cleansed you. So when the old woman when the old man wants to remind you, you know, and sometimes it's not even so much others reminding you. It's the work you do to yourself mm-hmm. here and here. Trust me, I've been there. But that's why it's vital.
growing. So you can begin to take what Christ has given you and begin to slay the enemy. Yourself. Besides this realm here, besides this system here, this world system, but the old one, nature, who wants to cripple you, who wants to remind you, who wants to beat you up and tell you that you are not worthy. You're not like the rest of those Christians. Look at you, pretending. Look at you, if they only really knew. And it's that craziness that goes on, that brews on on the inside. But when you know what, that you know that you know Christ, oh, you just get up out of that and say, oh, I see you, self. But I'm going to remind you <laughs> that God loves me. Mm. You see, that's why I keep telling you, I don't know how you're talking to yourself. I, you ought to be the best preacher you know. You ought to take every thought captive and bring them into the obedience of his lordship. You ought to replace those thoughts with what is true. Because if you're not replacing those thoughts with what is true, you're giving the enemy a foothold. And I can't stress it enough. As the Bible stresses it to us, you give the enemy a foothold, he's going to develop a stronghold. And those strongholds are patterns of thoughts that not what everyone else is thinking, but what you are thinking, that are contrary to the truth of God's word. And so then as you think, so you go. And then you wonder why your Christian life is ups and downs and lefts and rights and all over the place. And, and you're holding a form of religion, yet you're denying the power of God to transform you. And you're just trying to be good and just doesn't seem to be working. And I'm exhausted. And before you know it, you've grown wearied. And you're wandering off. But praise be to God as I keep encouraging us. He's given us the weapons of our warfare to demolish those strongholds. And that's why you must be as innocent as a dove and wise as a serpent. Start speaking back to that which is trying to entrap you and ensnare you. Get up out of it. So many times we're trying to do 12 steps of deliverance. When all you need is to get up and move forward. The Bible says to throw off the sin that so easily entangles you that easy? Oh yeah. Throw it off. Tell it no more. I see you. I know you. Been there. Done that. I'm not going back. Try me as you may. Come at me at all sides. But that would only make me continue to cry out to Jesus. And so putting your faith in action, you how we're called to live. Again, you were bought with the price. This you, again, you're not saved. <laughs> you're not born again because you've joined you're, you joined a church or some religious institution. Church don't save you. <laughs> no, you came to Jesus. God was pleased to reveal himself to you through his son, Jesus. God was pleased to reveal your nature to you. Look, you're broken. You're a, sin, you're a sinner. You're unclean. You're bound. But here's provision. 
made a way. Come out from it. It is not who you are. See, I created you in the secret places. I formed you. I know you. I prepared good works for you to do in this time that I chosen for you to be here. To do my will. To walk with me. To tell others about me. To advance my kingdom. Because that's where you're heading. So live for me. Honor me. Speak of me. Testify of me. I've got you. You're complete. Nothing can harm you. Like, do you know your God? This is the foundation because Christ is our foundation. So when we look to Jesus, when we study and we get to know Jesus, we understand when the Bible says, how then now are we to live? Like Jesus did. Oh, but that's Jesus. Can be like Jesus. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you said that? And so then why would the Bible, if that was true, why would the Bible then tell us this is how you live? Like him. Not that you become him, but like him. But how? Because you've been born again. And now who's inside you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. (laughs) Who then leads you. Remember, Jesus says, I have to go away so that he will come. He will teach you. I mean, Carrie and I were talking about this the other day. The fall of man, again, was no surprise to God. The intent of the enemy is to destroy the seed before the Christ could be born. Destroy mankind. Remember, his plan all along is to think that he could rise up above the throne of God. He was thrown down. And those angels that went along with his plan were thrown down with them. They're demons. And so their intent is to wage war against the creation That's bringing forth the seed of the one who would redeem and may known the love of God. And so you can read scripture from the beginning all the way to the end. And just when hell thought it took Christ out and knelt him to the cross. Three days later, he rose. The church was birthed, and now there's just not one born of this nature. And the Bible discusses this, tells us this Jesus is the firstborn of the many that now will be born again of his spirit. 
So now, that's why we're to be his image bearers. We're to be out there. We're to be living. We're to be testifying. We're to be sharing the good news. We're to be living this out. (laughs) So that his kingdom is advancing. And the hope that we have is the gates of hell will not prevail, though it will try, as it has from the beginning. But he doesn't win. Why do you think the demon shrinked shrinked back and when Jesus approached, he goes, is it time? They know. I mean, the Bible says. They know. And yet they tremble. So Christian, born again believer, come on. We got to wake up. We got to encourage ourselves daily. Again, I keep saying you just can't roll out of bed and just be flippant about Christianity. Okay, I'm a Christian. I just, you know, just go through my day. No, Christ first, above all, in all. Every decision you're making, everything you're putting your hands towards, everything you're gazing upon, everything you're taking in, Christ is to be all. And we got to stop making excuses. Because again, when you truly recognize the love that God has for you and the way that he made provision through Jesus that you would be delivered, set free, and no longer shackled and chained up to shame, guilt, and condemnation, but set free. And so as you're walking, as you're learning, as you're growing, as you're maturing, if you stumble, if you sin, get up. Don't be flippant about it. Repent of it. And it's true repentance. It's not, oops, oops, I'm sorry. Oops, I got, no, it's a genuine. But I said, you don't, it doesn't feel comfortable. Like, ah, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why am I thinking this? Why did I just say that? And again, you don't play that weird shame blame game. You just repent. Like, oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy Spirit, thank you for your conviction. Thank you yet again. You're reminding me. That's why First John says, I write to you that you will not sin, but if you do, remember Jesus. Like he's interceding for us. He prayed for us. Protect them. I'm not, he tells God, I'm, I'm not telling you to take them out of the world. <laughs> no, no, no. By the name in which you gave me. And that should excite us, you all. It really should. But so many times we're so enslaved to what's behind us because we keep identifying with that. And again, I don't make light of it. But that's why I tell you, in my walk and in my deliverance, The same prayer I prayed then is the same prayer I pray every day. How then now shall I live? Because I know how I live. You know how you would live. Mm -hmm. You know what entices you. You know what you do. You know how you manipulate. You try to control. You try blah, 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 blah. But that's not who you are any longer. So who are you now? And you find your identity in Christ. And that's the hope. And that's the good news. That's why Christians should be living upright. We've got nothing to hide. We're transparent before God and before man. We are a strange people to the lost. 
And again, not everyone's coming to Christ. But while we're alive and while there is breath in our body, we should be out there proclaiming Christ, Amen. honoring Christ, loving Christ, not denying him, not submitting to these other little gods that everybody else wants to submit to. They want to mix in Jesus with all this other stuff. No, no. They want to keep asking you, oh, did God really say? Oh, yes, he did. And God is not man that he shall lie or change his mind. No, he's God. And I keep telling you all, we can keep doing church if we've done church. We're moving into a generation, that's why I'm passionate to see you all equipped, that ultimately we're going to see the church pushed out of society. And the West... It's already done over there. That's why I told you, look at the news clips from last week. Major news organizations. Secular TV commentary shows. Do you know who they say the problem is in America? You. Christians. Christians are the problem. That's who they're blaming everything on. How does that make sense? To the lost, it probably would. Because they're deceived. But again, I keep encouraging you. (laughs) Christians should be the most productive people in in a society. Because the standard in a Christian life is Jesus. Jesus is the standard. There's no other way around it. So you're to be productive. You're to be humbled. You're to be a servant. You're not above them, not to love them. Christ humbled himself. Why are you so puffed up with pride? Why are you so arrogant? Why are you walking around like you got it all? No, no. Humble yourself. So Christians are to be productive. They give. They're not takers. They're not manipulators. They're not gossipers. They're not backbiters. They're productive at work, at home, in their communities. They want to see life given. They want to offer life that's kingdom-minded and kingdom-grounded. And yet the world says, no, no, you all are the problems. I mean, you can't make, what, you can't make up what's going on. But the church in the West and, you know, around other areas, but unfortunately the West... It's been lulled to sleep. The enemy's running the churches in the West, most of them. The wolves are beginning to show their fangs. And the poor sheep are being slaughtered. They're just clapping, going along with it. And they're not rooted and grounded in Christ. So that's my encouragement for us this year. As it was last year, and as it will continue to be the years to come, it's only Jesus. Get rooted and grounded in Christ. Know him. Not all these false Christs that are out there. Not all these false Jesuses. (laughs) Again, in the West, not only do you have to worry about the outside influence of, of saying Christians are the problem, but you have to worry about those on the inside of the community of the church. 
Because the wolves are running amok. And they want to tear down Christianity. That's what they're telling us. Like solid preachers who have been preachers, solid ministers who have been solid for years, all of a sudden they take platforms and they're not even preaching the gospel anymore. And you go, what happened? And you see all these people sitting there just dazed and confused and just kind of going along with it. And you're just like, what? And that's why I've always warned you, if you're ever hearing the gospel being presented to you, giving you the right to yourself, something's wrong. Get up, walk out. <laughs> Test the spirits. You know, the Bible tells us to do that. Test the spirits. What are they saying? Does that line up with Jesus? Does that line up with the whole counsel of God? Not just with one or two scriptures. Heck, we all can do that. We all can take one or two scriptures and build what we want off of it. But does it line up with the whole council? That's why I told you all these false religions out there, all these false gods out there, if you really study them and you really get to the, the essence of where the root of their teaching comes from, here, just parts of it. It'll never be the whole council of it. Just be parts of it. That's all the enemy has. And so we have to wake up, you all. There should be an urgency in you. There should be an awakening in you. So no, I can't any longer. Because I recognize the signs of the time. I recognize the generation that I was purposed to live. Like, again, you were purposed for this. Ah, oh, but it's chaos. It seems crazier. It just keeps getting darker. But you purpose just think about that you're not an accident you're not an afterthought God purposed you God formed you God knew that you would be alive this very second and as long as you have breath in your body you're an agent of his kingdom if you've been born again if you've been purchased it's all him now. And that's how you're living. I want you to go to Mark chapter 8. And I hope you're encouraged. I've got some scriptures that I want you to take away as we're thinking upon this concept of being bought with a price. So it's Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 37. And that your life is not your own. Jesus' words. Then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If you, I'm sorry, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Think about that. This is Jesus. I know we like to have Jesus be this weird hugs and muffin, all-inclusive, you know, guy who's weak-willed. But listen to what Jesus says here. And he's saying it to the crowd. If any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. 
if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, come on, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in this adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Did you all hear that? That's Jesus speaking. That's Jesus' words. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't, you know, flavor it with, oh, does, it, does, this, does this fit you? Are you comfortable with this? I'll say it a different way if you like. No, he doesn't. Like, remember, Jesus, boom, he's a standard. In and of ourselves, we don't like that. But when your eyes have been opened, you've been set free, you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, you've been purchased, you've been redeemed by his blood, your life is not your own, that's the standard. He's the standard. And did you see what he says here? If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. It's for Christ and for the proclaiming of the good news. Well, we'll leave it to you, Rob. No, no. You all should be out there sharing. You all should be out there encouraging others. I'm not telling you to go out there and bash them over the head with the Bible, <laughs> yell and scream and provoke fights with them. I'm not saying that. But you should be living a life that backs up your character in Christ and the words in which you'll be sharing with people. Don't be like these some Christians that we know, and I, and I use that term lightly, who talk a lot, a good talk about Christ. <laughs> but their character the very essence of who they are, are not Christ-like. See, you would know people by their fruit. So we're not to be shocked. That's what always gets me over the years when I've been in church for all these years. And all these years before, I wouldn't even step foot in that church. I hated Christians. I hated Christ. But now that I've been in the church, it always I'm, not, I'm surprised that the church is surprised when people show their true colors. Oh, how, oh, oh, you know, oh, oh, and everyone's like, it's going to happen. And that's why I told you, there's so many people outside of the church, they've walked away, they've wandered off, because uh, the church has wounded me. And I hear that when I counsel people. And I go, so you let the created wound you and then keep you from your creator. God didn't wound you. <laughs> the created wounded you. And so now somehow you blame God. Oh, wow. That doesn't even make sense. 
Again, I know, and I don't make light of it, people have been wounded by the church, severely wounded, molested, destroyed. So I don't make light of it. But there's a wholeness that can only be found in Christ. You know, when I was wounded by the church, I could have stayed down, but the church didn't save me. Those people didn't save me. Those people didn't call me out of darkness into light. (laughs) That pastor didn't call me out of darkness into light. God did. And then as soon as I started realizing, wait a minute, there's a lot of wolves in the church. Not everyone sitting in church is a Christian. In fact, the church community would do more harm to you as a believer than the world. You think I'm kidding? Just ask Jesus. The church community of his time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the people leading the church, don't forget what they did. (laughs) They put him on trial. So it's been around from the beginning. Jesus says... But if you give your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. You have purpose, you all. Be kingdom-minded. Because if you're out there just gaining the world, and we talked about this, I think, last year or the year before, but I spent a lot of time trying to encourage you, do you understand the value of your soul? Because if you truly understand the depths of your, the value of your soul, you wouldn't be so easily tarnishing it by giving it to everything and everyone else out there. Yoking yourself with it. That's what Jesus is telling you. Like You can gain all of that, but what good in the end will it do for you? So again, I love to see this. And then don't, and look, if Jesus says that generation was adulterous and sinful... We're far off from then. We're even more. And remember, the earth is continually getting more adulterous, more sinful. It's going to be worse than the days of Noah. Remember, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back as the little baby in the manger. Oh, no, he's coming back as a victorious king. And did you see, if you deny him here, oh, when he returns... He does not know you. Those are the most haunting words to me in scripture. Jesus says, I never knew you. Jesus? Like to hear from Jesus, like, no, depart from me. I never knew you. And they thought they were doing right to church. I fed the poor. I did this and I did that. We did not. And they made it all about them. I'm telling you all, you're liberated in Christ. I'm telling you, I can't encourage you enough to start, let that be your reality every day as you're going through your day. What Christ has done for you, who he is. Listen, you're not going to want to cling to your old life. Because when you compare it 
when you lay this over it, you just go, oh, yeah, no. It's not even worth it. Not even worth it. Go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. Jesus' words again. (laughs) But the time is coming indeed, it's here now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. It's a whole new way of living. And don't forget who he was talking to there, the Samaritan woman. You know, she kept trying to turn this conversation into religious words, to religion. But Jesus brought it back as he was setting her free to the reality of true freedom. Spirit and truth, daughter. She Remember, she came to the well burdened by her choices in life. And she left upright. And she went back to the town and said, you must come see this man. The town, who I'm sure, as we've discussed when you've heard me preached about her before, who knew her loose life, they looked down on her. Was she feeling so comfortable coming so close to us? What is she saying? Well, she got a smile on her face. But why is she walking upright? Doesn't she know? We know who she is. She's like, this man has told me everything about myself. Come, come. Could he be the Messiah? Like, what? And the whole town gets saved. Remember what they said to her at the end when Jesus was about to leave? They were like, we believe, not because of what you said, but because we know this now for ourselves. But it just took her to get up to receive what Jesus was telling her and to run back. But to worship him in spirit and truth, not out of works, not out of trying to manipulate God. Remember what I said last week? We have these Christian disciplines, prayer, fasting, Bible reading, gathering as a church, We have these Christian disciplines in our life, but listen, they're not there for you to manipulate God to try to get him to do what you want. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people use it. But church, I pray not to be so for you and for me. We understand these disciplines. They mature us as believers and so that we should be growing in them. But we're not using what God has given us to grow us then turn it around and then try to us to run it and say, you do for me because I've done this, 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 and that. Like I told you before, a lot of people when I counsel, and I'm sure a lot of people, if you all are getting out there sharing and counseling and encouraging others, when they're hitting a rough time, they're going to tell you, don't tell me to pray. Don't tell me to worship. Blah, 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 and they have all these excuses. And we say, well, what else do you want us to tell you? 
You want us to just to go along with your flesh? No. Spiritual disciplines are for spiritual growth. But they're not to be used to manipulate God to give us a, a new house or to pay our electric bill or to provide this or that or this relationship or that relationship and all this other stuff that the wicked do for their gods. The wicked do all of that to appease their gods. <laughs> to make their gods work for them. That's what Christians do. Christians do these disciplines because they know that God has called them into his service. So we don't demand God to work for us. No, we're called now. We have been enlisted into his army. We are engrafted into his family. We've been adopted. We've been given the right to call him Abba. This is beautiful. And so it does something to you when you truly grasp it. You're like, oh God. Yeah. And you begin to have a fresh outlook. Spirit and truth. And I tell people all the time, when you're worshiping your prayer, make sure they're not soulish prayers. Or soulish worship. But no, it needs to be out of Spirit and truth. And you can tell when they're soulish. So listen to how you're praying. And there's been multiple times in my life as I'm counseling people or working with people and I'm hearing them and I'll stop them and I'll say, listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're asking for. And Lord, I just tell them themselves. I don't have to ask them. So how's life? And they begin to say, oh, I've been praying. I've been pressing in. Blah, 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 blah. And then they begin just to begin to blah, blah, blah. And I'm listening. I'm like, well, that's not praying. That's not, no, that's soulish. Like you're doing nothing different than the Wiccans do. Or the New Age people do. And somehow you think that you're connecting to God. How do you, what? I said, let's go to scripture. And they sit there and their eyes are like, oh, it happens to all of us. So it's that one night, guilty <laughs> probably remember, a woman crying all over the floor. And I thought the Holy Spirit said, go tell her to get up. I said, Lord. And this is the beginning of my ministry. I was like, oh, Lord, I don't, you want me to do what? I tell her to stop that foolishness. Tell her to get up. I'm like, oh, my Jesus. It looked like she would repent. looked like she was, you know. I said, okay, Lord, yeah. Get up from there. <laughs> Stop that. That's not pleasing God. That wasn't spirit and truth. It's not what God wants from you. How is this honoring God? Get up. <laughs> Sit at the table. He's pulled out the chair for you to sit. And you keep getting back down on the floor. And you think that's doing a service to God? As if that's exalting God? It's making him look like a fool. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> Get up. You're worthy because of Christ. 
Repent of this. Repent of this. Turn from this foolishness. I mean, you'll be shocked at what people are doing. I've had my seasons of it. If you haven't had your season, it'll be there. It'll come. (laughs) But we just got to wake up, you all. Spirit and truth. And that's why you're not flipping about your Christianity. I'll just get out of bed. I'm just and you're just going through it. Oh no, you have to be alert. Now, why do you think the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing? Keep Christ first. Like the moment your eyes open, you ought to be setting your day, spirit and truth. Not I, but you, Christ. Because all this other stuff out here is just waiting for you to put your feet on that floor. That's why I never apologize for the time, the amount of time we sit here on Sunday morning. Some of you say, oh, you should shorten it, you should try to. Listen. Majority of you, this is the only time I see you. And even if you do come Wednesdays or Fridays, it's still a shortened time compared to all the other hours that you are out there. And you're in here. So I desire to see you equipped desire for you to be able to stand and endure and to go through and to really honor Christ with your life because this can be lived, you all. So I said, I want to see a community built this year. I want us to keep advancing. I want this, I'm going to see the kingdom of God advance. I mean, you have an opportunity to invite others to come with you. Well, this may be too much of them. You don't know. But they have a place to come where they can be themselves. They're going to hear truth. But we're going to love them right where they're at as Christ does. We're not going to change the message to make them feel comfortable. But you know what? They're always going to know they have a place that they can show up and be loved on and encouraged. Most of, the pe- most of the things people use, well, the church just wants your money. I'm not begging for your money. I'm not asking for your money. The offering jars there, I pray you are giving because you ought to be givers. That's a Christian discipline. No one should have to manipulate you or twist your arm or say anything. It's there. You should be a cheerful giver. And if you're not giving, something is wrong with your Christianity. <laughs> I mean, all this other stuff. That they want to conjure up and say, oh no, you can come and be free. You can come hear about Jesus. You can come hear what it is to live this life. Not bound by religion, rules and laws, but bound to the standard who is Christ. And be among people who come from all different walks and bondages but are pursuing freedom and wholeness that can only be found in Christ because Christ was pleased to reveal himself to us and we just want to honor Christ as we gather.
I mean, that's the beauty of it, you all. Go to Colossians 3, 1 through 7. Colossians 3, 1 through 17, I mean. Again, I just want to get these scriptures out to us in hopes that you're taking them back. And just don't take my word for what I'm sharing with you. But go back and study them. Go back and meditate upon these truths. Go back and figure out how you are applying these to your life. And if you're not sure how to apply them to your life, then connect with someone here. Come Wednesday nights when we open up the Word, the same scripture that you heard today, and now gives everyone an opportunity to discuss it, to share. Iron sharpening iron. But again, this concept of being purchased, your life is no longer your own. You're to be living a new life. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Think about that. How are you doing with that? What's, and I like what we did on Friday, the practical steps. What does that look like? So if you're coming on Wednesday night, start thinking about that. Here's how practically I do that. I want to share this with others in case someone else needs to be encouraged in this. Or maybe you come and say, I don't know practically how to do that. How are you all doing it? How can I do this? (laughs) Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died, hello, to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Do you hear that? Do you hear the weight of that scripture? And when I say the weight, it's not a burden, like most weight is. (laughs) Remember, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If If you're finding your Christian life to be burdensome and so hard, and so... You're doing it in your own self. You're not in spirit and truth. (laughs) You're trying to accomplish it in your own way. But when I say the weight, what I mean by that is the weight of Scripture to demolish the lies that you've told yourself. (laughs) I mean, listen to what it just said there. For you died to this life. Not when you're in the grave, but when you gave your life to Christ. You died. You're you're no longer your own. But I feel the same. Okay, it's a process. Listen, all those desires, everything within me when I first came to Christ, what? But I was like, oh, you know, heck, I was still with the man in the relationship. And he was watching all of this take place. Like, what? What's going on with you, Rob? But remember what I told you, what he used to say to me. Like, I don't know how to fight for you. If it was another man, if it was another woman, 
but I don't know how to find a God. Like, you're becoming a better man. Like, I'm beginning not to even to recognize you. See, that's what Christ does, you all. And so finally, I had to be free. Same with you. Same with others. Because look what it says there. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden where? With Christ. So why are you where you were this week? Why were you saying and thinking and doing the things you did and didn't feel any remorse about it? It's just who I am. It's just me. It's just my nationality. <laughs> make all these excuses. And you say, but I thought we're not supposed to have shame and guilt and condemnation. Oh, if you haven't repented, oh, you're going to feel shame, guilt, and condemnation. Because you're not cleansed. Well, I don't feel shame. I don't care. Do it alone. Oh, then your heart is hardened. Oh, that's a whole different story. <laughs> I mean, this is just real, you all. This is being real. What does it mean when you hear this? You died to this life. If you're truly in Christ. And your real life is hidden with Christ and God. That's what you're pursuing. This new life, this real life, this abundant life, this satisfying life. Well, my circumstances still suck. Okay, but that's not, your circumstances aren't your life. <laughs> and if that's what you're living off of, then you're living with a temporal mindset. You're still bound to the temporal. But what does scripture tell us at the beginning? Set your what? Go ahead, Norma, please. Yeah. Remember, we just read that. <laughs> Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Above. So why are you living temporal? Remember, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've already overcame the world. See, that's how you're to be living. How does that truth impact your life when you're going into an office that you can't stand? How does that truth impact your life when you walk into your home and you're like, oh, God. How does that truth impact your life when you're out in public and people cut you off? How does that truth impact your life in your day-to-day -day relationships? Because listen, this is real, you all. It fascinates me. We all want to claim Christ, but Christ is not our master. What? Who lives that way? The wolves? Among the sheep? That's why people are confused. That's why the world stands behind and says, Oh, because I, I was there. I looked at the church and said, Oh no, I don't want anything that you all have. But I didn't see the Christ of the church. I just saw the wolves in it. Making a mockery. I used to tell people, your God is worthless. He has no power. You're not even changed. I'm like, 
and you want me to come to church. I can't tell you how many guys bought me drinks at the bar trying to share the gospel. <laughs> and then you right back up in bed with me within the next hour or so. For what? But God delivered them. To what? I mean, it's, it's the most craziest thing. Yes, I went to church. I believe in Jesus, but you're the gossiper. You're the backbiter. You're, you're the one causing strife and grief and chaos in your house and in your office. But somehow Christ is your master? <laughs> somehow Christ is your life? What? Yeah, no. You say, oh, but I'm a work in progress. Yes. But for God's sakes, it's been 20 some odd years. And the problem's not Christ. It's you. It's me. For you died to this life in your real life. I want you to highlight that. I want you to circle that. Your real life, the very essence of who you are, is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Listen to this. So with this knowledge, what do you do? So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, look at this, the anger of God is coming. So when you're around church folks, when they tell you, oh, there's, God's not wrathful, He's not, there's no wrath coming, there's no judgment coming. Oh, you hear that in the church. They've done, they raised hell. Heck, they have a book. Erasing hell. But what we just see here in Scripture, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used, come on, to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now, when, now, when, now, is the time to get rid of anger, rage, Malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. This is what you do, you all. I remember years ago when I saw this, I was like, ah, oh, that's it. I know how I live. I see that oldness in me. I see me moving in this. I'm like, eh, no. So what? So what am I supposed to do? Okay, I'm not supposed to act that way anymore. So how then do I act? What's opposite of that? What's true? You know? And you start living it. And then I love what it says. It is how you grow. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. And that's what we're doing. And become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. 
He's writing to the church. He's not, he's not proclaiming that to the lost and to the world. He's writing to the church. <laughs> Since God chose you, don't let that pass you by. Let that weigh heavy. Let that demolish strongholds in your heart and your mind. God chose you to be the holy people he loves. So in that understanding, See, there's, see, see what happened. He, he tells you, you must. It wasn't, it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't like, well, it, 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 when you feel like it. No, no. With this understanding that God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be grumbling, complaining, and fault-finding. That doesn't say that, right? It says, and always be thankful. Remember what I said earlier, Christ is the standard. <clears throat> and I don't know, in and of myself, in and of my natural being, in and of your natural being, you'll see this and you say, I can't do this. And we start making provisions for the flesh. Well, okay, that, you know, okay, that sounds good, but whatever. You know, we're just sinners. And I told you all, God May the Holy Spirit slap your mouth if you ever say that. Because if you just want to be a sinner, be a sinner. <laughs> but that is no longer your identity in Christ. Get this. As you think, so you go. So when you keep giving yourself the way out because you just want to keep recognizing your old nature and allowing it to master you, well, well then guess what? That's you. But don't think you're pleasing Christ. Oh no. So the next time you want to go, well, I'm just a sinner, you better step out of that and say, ha ha ha, let me remind you, no you're not. You've been born again. Here's my new identity, I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a child damned for wrath. No, no, I'm a child of love. And I have the Holy Spirit in me because I've been born again of the Spirit. And the Bible tells me that if I walk habitually in the Spirit, I won't gratify the desires of the flesh. So I don't have to be bound to the identity of a sinner. Because I've been set free. But you still sin, Rob. Oh, but sin doesn't master me. And when I sin, I get up. Because the Spirit of God is quick to convict me, and I don't feel comfortable in it. It will not master me in and of myself. I will repent. I will have that God-fearing response when it comes to sin in my life. I will be reconciled unto Christ and unto others. I will see things restored. So I don't know how you're talking but listen, you got to start combating the lies of the enemy, combating the lies of the flesh, combating the lies of this world system. And you just want to get out of bed and poof, I'm a Christian. You better get up and start moving or you're going to be devoured. 
You're going to be swallowed up. Again, the world is preparing for the Antichrist. That's what the world is doing. Taking the stage, taking the platform, doing marvelous miracles, demanding the worship of him. And even the Bible tells us in the last days, many will fall away from the faith. And we just want to be flippant about when we can come to church. When we can gather and honor Christ as a family. Flipping and just getting up and just going about your day. Just getting through. Just struggling and maintaining. Christ is your new life. How does he transform us? By changing the way we think. Are you giving thoughts to your thoughts? I mean, listen to this. I love what it says there. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And then look at this. Look at this. Let the message about what? Who? Christ. And all of his richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. And you think that's just for some people in the church. Oh no, that's for the church. That's the call of the church. We've been born again, you all. The Holy Spirit has distributed gifts among us collectively that they work together to accomplish his purpose. In our lives, in our families' lives, in our communities' lives, in your jobs. (laughs) Because we're kingdom people. We're letting the message of Christ in all of its richness fill our lives. And then in doing so, we're able to teach and counsel others. Remember, I always tell you, you should be preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Multiple times the day, if need be. You should be allowing yourself to just grow and just lavish your love upon him and just understand the the message of Christ and all of its richness. Because when you realize what you've received because of Christ, you won't trample his blood underneath your feet, making it so common. Like he's some other idol that has no power. Some other God out there. Like when you see him for who he, when you when you when you truly understand, you're just like, what? Like, you loved me, you called me, you purposed me. Oh, and you understand the richness of the grace and the mercy that's been extended to you. Like, you're no longer allowing sin to master you. Death has no power over you, yet though this physical body will die, praise be to God, there's that new body that's coming, nothing can compare to it. 
So that's why we're not afraid of death. No, we're life givers. And so we're counseling and we're sharing and we're teaching and we're singing songs and we're coming together and we're worshiping. And we don't have to try to conjure it up. No one had to tell me how to worship. Right? And I've heard different testimonies of people in my life just because they saw the, the genuineness of my worship caused them to go, God must be real. Right, Gilda? Mm-hmm. Gilda said, I know that man. I know all about him. And she walks into a worship night before she was saved and she'll tell you. She looked over and saw me loving on Jesus. It was just natural. I mean, I knew how to worship other gods. I knew how to worship myself and anything else I wanted. <laughs> it was natural to me to now, I, this is truly God. So if I'm going to give this act of worship to all this stuff that's not true, what am I holding back from him who is true? Do you know what I'm saying? My little daughter used to look up at me and she said, you're going to join the choir? And that choir was packed. She said, Daddy, there's no room up there for you. You know? I said, it'll be okay, good baby, it'll be okay. But just worshiping. And worship not just with song. Yes, that's part. But then just with your life. Just with your life. Because people will start seeing a difference in you. So again, worship is just not song and that part. Yet that's part of it. But it's the wholeness of who you are. So people then come up to you and say, there's something different, like you've changed. Like, what is it? What's going on? You say, oh, it's not a what, it's a who. Same as Jesus. I'd love to be able to sit down and talk with you about that. I mean, I told you, I went to this job. And I, I share these experiences with you, not, not that anything to boast of myself, but hope it'll inspire you and encourage you to not just sit back on the bench. Like, no one had to tell me this stuff. God stepped in. Has he stepped into your life? He's pleased to reveal himself to you through his son, Jesus. And when you have that reality, you're just like, oh, God. No one had to tell me. I I pursued. I sought after. Like, God, who am I now? I don't know how to live. Heck, I even went to groups. Thinking, oh, good, these people have found what, you know, Christ. And I would go and I'd be like, oh, it's so dark in here. Like, why are they, ah, I don't even feel comfortable there. <laughs> like, oh, goodness, Lord, what's going on? <laughs> like, well, Jesus is really your life. When you understand now that your life is hidden with Christ, I told you I went to that one employment. First night of training. Go around the room. Tell, 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 tell about yourself. I'm like, oh, and they're going around. They started over there. And the whole time I'm like, God, please, please, please. I don't want to, God. I don't want to. Please don't make me. Oh, God, please, please. please. This is, oh, God, oh, God, oh. And I, the whole time I'm literally just begging God. Oh, God, please. Oh, Rob, it's your turn. Boom, stand up. <laughs> oh. 
well, I'm recently saved, gave my life to Jesus, lived in blah, 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 lifestyle, you know, just sharing all this stuff. And everyone in the room is like, <laughs> like, what? I finally just sat down. I was like, oh, okay, God. All right. I didn't put my head down then. I was looking straight like, okay, like, it's Christ. Like, it's not me. It's Christ. And so I told you then, you know, I go to lunch or dinner and I take my tray. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to the furthest part of the cafeteria. Because <laughs> these weren't saved people, y'all. <laughs> you could just listen to all their stories. And the people after me, they were like, didn't know what to say. no, they didn't. They would make jokes about it. Like, well, like, you know. But all of a sudden, the stream of people started coming with their trays. And I thought, okay, they're gonna, it's gonna be like a bully mocking, okay, but God, it's not me, it'll be mocking you, and I, I don't help me, Holy Spirit, not to be offended by it. You know, I'm preparing my heart. You have to prepare your heart. How y'all, I don't know how y'all preparing your heart, but you have to prepare your heart because the days are evil. <laughs> but they didn't come mocking, they just come, they said, We've never seen anything, we never heard anybody else like that. And they wanted to know more. And I've shared that testimony with you all before and just how it all impacted just what took place there. It's just beautiful what God did there. But I share that with you to inspire you in hopes that, you know, you just, what are you doing out there? Your lives should be hidden in Christ. Christ is your identity. Christ is all you have to give. This is the hope. That we have Christ and Christ alone. And so go to Galatians chapter 3. We'll be wrapping up soon. We're going to spend some time as I just feel the Lord's leading on scriptures that He's given me. We'll keep walking and studying through scripture. Probably pick up those next week. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 through 14, is where we're heading. That's what I mean. I don't know how you're guarding your heart. I don't know how you... And remember, you should be... I mean, and again, this is practical application for you. If I went around the room, though I'm not going to, and I asked you how many many times this week or even this morning did you ask the Holy Spirit for blank? And you go... "Mm." I didn't, and, I, and if you didn't, again, don't feel, oh, I'm a bad Christian. Don't do that to yourself. But the, the reality is it should awaken you to go, what? What was that question? No, that's not how I pray, and it's not how I... Then I would ask yourself, Who's your helper? Somebody? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Who's your counselor? Who's your comforter? The Holy Spirit. Who's your teacher? The Holy Jesus says, I have to go away so that he will come. Yes. Who did you receive when you were born again? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
And yet we think we live this Christian life. I prayed a prayer, proof I'm a Christian, and then we get up, and then we're just trying to live this life in the flesh. And the Holy Spirit all along is going, I'm here. Uh, come to, look this way, look this way. Feel the conviction. Feel, you know, but we, we put him aside. Who empowers you to live this life? The Holy Spirit. God himself in you. <laughs> and so, oh, call on the greatest counselor. The greatest teacher. The very one. Who was in the beginning. <laughs> God. Three in one. <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Tell you better wake up. Because all these other spirits are running amok in the church. Leading people. But the people of God are to be led by the Holy Spirit. So if that is not the norm for your life, don't beat yourself up. Just let the reality hit and go, Oh, I've seen how I've been trying to be played. I'm not going to be played anymore. You see what I'm saying? Get up from doing weird things that we do with ourselves because we feel like we failed. We feel like we're no good. I just can't live up to it. You know, and and I say that because I've been there. (laughs) I've been there. But when you get on the other side of it, you're like, ah, yeah, no. No, no, no. And I remember years ago when I was challenged by that. I fell into this religious works, the religious mode. I had this guy I used to pray with look at me and say, is the Holy Spirit leading your life? Well, yes. Like I got offended. Yes. <laughs> so tell me how you communicate with him. How are you depending upon him? How did you pray to him this week? How did you ask for counsel for this and for that? What? Careful, Rob. Unless you keep doing all of this in your own strength. Wow. I didn't stay offended. I I was broken. And then I realized it was the Holy Spirit, the love of God, that was drawing me. His his love draws us to repentance. And I just go, oh God, yes, forgive me. Oh no, I don't want to neglect the Holy Spirit. Let's put that out there. It's a little extra for you today. Chapter 3. Oh, you foolish Galatians. He's writing to the church. Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus' death was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Here we go. Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? 
Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it wasn't, surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more? The scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of this law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ was, has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. See, it's not about what works. And Christ didn't come to do away with the law, no, he came to fulfill the law. And if you're living your life by the law or by works, then you're cursed. Remember, we read that a couple weeks ago. You're not even in Christ. Because you're depending on the law to make you right with God. But that's what I'm telling you. When you're a Christian, when you've been born again, and it's, you know it's only through Christ, I can't, I, can't, I can't do this myself. It is because of Christ. It is because the plan of God is through Christ. It is the beginning of the Holy Spirit drawing you to Christ. <laughs> Revealing Christ to you. And I love what Jesus tells about the Holy Spirit. As he's teaching you, he will never teach you something that's not of me. So your life now is based to be lived truth and spirit. Spirit-filled life. Because if the Holy Spirit's not the one filling you, then I'll tell you this. Clean this house. I believe in Jesus. And then don't keep it clean. That which was re removed, oh, it comes back. But it does not just come back by itself. It'll bring seven more that are stronger. It's, it's, I don't know what we're playing with, you all. 
I don't know what we're playing with. And that's why I've always said it kills me that the occult and these false religions understand more of the spiritual realm than Christians. You've got to wake up. Jesus is coming. Christ is returning for his bride. Your lamp should be filled. Again, it's not about you being perfect. But it is about you maturing. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever you find yourself today, don't beat yourself up. Just allow the Holy Spirit to bring you down so that Christ can be brought up. Repent. A genuine repentance. True sorrow. Like, ah! Like, no. No. I don't want to do those things anymore. God, forgive me. They don't honor you. You could be in the middle of it. I remember in my beginning walk, I'll be in the middle of it and I'll be like, ooh, yep, nope, nope, nope. Sorry. Remember eating lunch with people. I used to love a good gossip, Shay. Back in the day before I came to Christ, I'll tell you anything about it and I will tear you up with my tongue and tear you down left and right. I remember one day having lunch, I think it was with you, Gilda, Studio Stars. Probably was with Naomi, too. But multiple people. Because, you know, you're just used to being whatever. You no, know, you're just used to, you know, people you hung, hung with. They're still around you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you fall, and then they, I tell you, it's like the Holy Spirit said, and they were like, what? Say it. I said, nope, I can't. I can't do that no more. They're like, What? It's like, what's the Lord? what do you mean? No, I'm sorry, that's not, not, no, I'm sorry, that's not how I want to live anymore. I mean, you're just right in the middle of it, and the Holy Spirit would say, like, you want to keep going with that? I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything. I got a call one night. This is even before I totally was set free, but I was following Jesus. I was growing. He was getting me to that point. I got a call one night from someone. I'm in the area. I'm going to stop by. Oh, what you doing in this area for? I'm a married person. Oh, I'm about to hook up. Now, back in the day before Christ, I'd be like, yes, come on. Yeah, you know, whatever. I'll encourage it. I said, oh, you need to come. T- you to stop by the condo. I hung up. Rich said, oh, who was that? I said, so-and-so. They're coming over. He's like, okay. Because I Richard already thought I done lost my mind. I said, ooh, let, let me start up a dinner. I said, this person's going to make a decision that's going to go against God. And God has allowed that person to contact me, and we're going to intervene on behalf of heaven. He was like, oh, okay. Man thought it was crazy. Person comes in expecting me to be all how I used to be. Oh, dinner's ready. Oh, I didn't want dinner. Come in. Have a seat. Da, da, da. Sit down. So we, all of a sudden I started asking. I thought the Lord quickened me to ask questions. And then she's going to go announce what she's about to do and how she met this man, all this stuff. And Richard's like, oh, girl, go ahead. I just looked at her. I said, you don't say a word. I remember doing this. Like, you don't say a word. He was like, and then I turned and I said, and you're supposed to be a Christian. I said, you think it's by accident that you're sitting here? I remember I stood up. I'm going to tell you right now, 
God is telling you to get back in your car and go home, go back to your husband. Virtue's like, Rob, I said, you don't say another word. I've been nice. But I'm going to tell you right now, like what you're about to do. Knowing who I used to be, heck, if you wanted me, I would have gone with you. It would have been done all of us. You know what I'm saying? That's how I used to live. But all of a sudden, this instrument that was a filth, a perversion, a just bound with sin, is speaking forth righteousness, holiness, a standard in and of myself I didn't even fully understand. That's when I knew, oh, this life is different. God, you are, you are real. <laughs> she repented, she got in the car and drove home. And it was around that time, too, I finally looked at Rich and said, you gotta, I gotta, we got to do something because I can't keep living like this. He said, oh, I'll move out of the room. I said, I need some, I need some space. I need some space for God. I need to, I need to know God. <laughs> See, God works in you, you all. God works in you. You just got to be attentive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then you've got to rely on the Holy Spirit every single day as you keep leading, as you keep walking, as you keep growing. My life is no longer my own. My life is now in Christ. You've given me the Holy Spirit that I might live and experience the fullness. Are you going to fail? Are you going to trip? Are you going to stumble? Yes. But for God's sake, get up. <laughs> get up. Our, li- our season's going to be rough? Yes. But get up. Are things going to be unfair in your life? Yes. <laughs> but get up. Are you going to receive this report or that report? Yes. But get up. Are everyone else going to stay the same, broken, busted, disgusted, miserable around you? Yes. But get up. And you live. I said at this beginning of this year, I just want to live you all. I'm tired of settling, of just going around with people. Do whatever you want. People have a right. But I said, this year I want to live. I want to embrace the fullness of life. Because I see on the horizon the darkening that's coming. Before the great hope of Christ returns. Mm. And we better prepare our hearts and our minds for our Savior. And we ought to care enough about other people's souls and eternities than to continue to bow down to their gods so that they can feel comfortable. Again, I'm not telling you to go out there and act a, a nut in front of people. I'm just telling you to go forth because you've been commissioned by God yes. to be his representative, to live for him. So enjoy this process, you all. If you're truly a Christian, if you're not, then let today be the day that heaven rejoices because mm-hmm. one sinner came to Christ, one sinner believed upon Christ. That's what it's about. But enjoy this process. There's work to be done. 
This isn't, again, just some flippant life. Oh, I'm just a Christian. I said a little prayer. You know, I don't know. No, it's a whole new way of living. And I'm growing every year. I haven't arrived. You're never going to arrive. But you get wiser. <laughs> you know, you just keep maturing. You keep stepping out of it and you go, Ah, I see you. Ah, no, no. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for protecting me. Why don't you make a way out of every temptation? Right now, this is heavy on me. And he says, well, stop looking at it. <laughs> Look at me. Go the opposite direction of it. I made a way out. But it feels so right. It feels so good. Get up from it. It's going to destroy you. This is the way we live, you all. It shouldn't be a foreign concept in the church. But unfortunately, the enemy has sown a lot of seeds over generations. And there's a lot of good folk sitting up in church. They ain't saved. They're not saved. And so as much as we care for people on the outside, we ought to be caring for people on the inside who claim to be Christians and yet living lives that are contrary to truth. Share the good news with them. Awaken them from their slumber as you pray for them and as you serve them and as you love them. I'm going to close this with this last song and then I'll close this in prayer.